Hey guys, I'm Rich Garcia. Come find out what the Word of God says about your identity, your authority, your victory, and your freedom, right here on March Forward. Jesus, Jesus, I admit it. First John 3, 8, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Um, you know, again, go read 1 John 3, chapter 3, uh, 4 through 12, which you'll find uh, chapter, which you'll find verse 8 in that. It depicts those who practice sin. That's what it's talking about in the beginning. It depicts those who practice sin. And then also, sin is lawlessness, right? It's the practice of sin that sets you in rebellion of God. The practice of righteousness keeps you in favor of God. God's command to Israel to destroy these nations is so they would not be tempted by false worship causing them to sin and fall out of favor with God. So you need to understand, in the book of Numbers, and I'm just going to try and give this to you real quick. The book of Numbers, there was a gentleman, uh, a, a man by the name of Balak, who had a kingdom that did not want Israel to pass through his land. And he was so desperate to keep them from passing through the land, he wanted to hire a man named Balaam, who was a prophet. And Balaam somehow uh, knew how to find God and talk to him. Or, or, you know, vice versa. He just knew how to have a conversation with God. Uh, and Balak wants to hire Balaam to curse Israel. Now, Balaam forewarns Balak. Balaam forewarns Balak that I can only speak what the Lord tells me to say. And, and go read it. it it's, really, it's really deep. You'll see a donkey talking there, the power of God. Anything is possible. But anyway, um, Balaam tries to curse Israel. And, and sure enough, he can't. He can't curse him. And Balak is irate. And, and he tells Balak, look, I, I forewarned you. I couldn't. I can't curse what God has blessed. Know that. That's truth right there. Right? We can't be cursed. Nothing could be cursed in which God's blessed. Right? But however, Balaam, knowing that he could not curse Israel, he did teach Balak that if you can tempt Israel and get them to trip up, they will fall out of favor with God and then fall under the curse, right? Because the Bible says, he who blesses Israel will be blessed and he who curses Israel will be cursed. So if Israel falls through temptation, right, they will also fall into the curse because they fall out of favor with God. It's the same thing today. Satan knows he cannot curse you. However, if you fall out of the covering of the blood, in which Jesus Christ blesses you, keeps you in the favor of God, then he has a right to have a foothold in your life and begin to curse you. He could always try and come up against you. Understand there's a difference between trying to battle you and trying to curse you, right? He can always come up to battle you, to test how well you believe in the blood. Are you in the blood, right? He has the right because he's the accuser. However, he can curse you and lay hands on you when you are living in sin because when you live in sin you live in lawlessness and when you're in lawlessness you fall under the curse which is the law right now that now the men of and women of israel they strive to live a righteous life by trying to follow the commandments and the 613 laws that that were given to them and as long as their hearts stay true to god right they were under the blessing of god so again Israel's command is to destroy these nations, right? What they're commanded to do is destroy these nations so they would not be tempted by false worship, causing them to sin and fall out of favor with God. See, temptation comes 
by tolerating, compromising, and allowing what you see physically, seriously, what you see, right, or hear, to manifest and grow the desire to sin in your heart. Don't be ignorant because Paul says, don't be ignorant to the works of the devil, to his, to his, you know, to his plans. Don't be ignorant to the way he, he maneuvers himself because the plan of the enemy is never to come against you with things you do not desire, but to attack you with temptation by the desires you've allowed to grow in your heart. Now, we're not talking about desires of good things. We're talking about sinful desires, lust, alcohol, cheating, um, uh, cheating on your spouse, cheating on your girlfriend, your boyfriend, uh, cheating in life, you know, um, outburst of anger, th things that are there, jealousy, things that are there that you've allowed due to what you've seen and what you've heard because what you see and what you hear right? Connects to your heart, your soul, your heart, right? And in that case, that is your spiritual circulatory system for what you let in will manifest out. So the plan of the enemy is never to come against you with things you do not desire, but to attack you with temptation by the desires you've allowed to, to grow in your heart. See, you can't be tempted by something you don't desire right? It has no effect on you. And more so little by little, as God begins to clean you out, that desire dies. That's why Paul says, I die daily. Paul is crucifying himself. So in those moments of, of you being a new creation in Christ, the enemy does not know who you are in the new creation. He can't comprehend. Why? Because the darkness cannot comprehend the light. It doesn't understand it. Jesus is living in you. You are the light of the world. This is, you know, this is who you are. And the darkness can't comprehend you. However, the enemy remembers who you once were. That's, that's where he attacks you. That's where he comes and goes. Have you really overcome that? Are you really a conqueror? Are you really overcoming? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that beautiful girl in front of you today. And let's see how you react. I'm going to put that, that inappropriate video in front of you today. Pornography is something you struggle with. I'm going to remind you how you used to, in your private time, look up pornography. This is what he does. And instead of focusing and being like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm still a horrible human being. No, you've overcome that. Stop letting the devil condemn you for the Holy Spirit does not condemn. It convicts and it only convicts when you fall out of line and actually do the sin. What you are to do is get in your word and remember who God said you were. You're a son of God by adoption, right? You're an heir. You're a joint heir with Christ. So be heavenly minded. That's why Paul tells you, put your mind on the things of heaven and not of this earth. Because if you stay earthly minded, the devil has you because you have no helmet of salvation to protect your thoughts. He's coming after your way you think. He's coming after the way you think and attacking your salvation. Because when you start thinking those things, you start to wonder, am I truly saved? That's why Paul refers to the armor of, the armor of God and the peace of the piece on your head, he refers to it as the helmet of salvation. Or I heard a brother, a brother of mine say this real, real, um, a different way, which I thought was awesome. 
right? Your crown of salvation. Because at the end of the day, what did he take from what did he take from Adam and Eve? Their glory and honor in which God had set glory and honor upon them, right? The Bible says, what is man that you have crowned him in glory and honor? Because he can't take it away from you today because it belongs to Jesus because you're a joint heir, so you share in it with Jesus. So he can't take away your glory and honor, your crown, but how he can't physically take it away from you, but how he can get you to, to voluntarily give it up is by falling into temptation and living out that sin by the desires that you have in your heart. That's why the desire is actually spoken about, right, as a root. It is a is what you allow to grow, right? By, the Bible uses um, imagery of such nature of growth, right? Like plant life. But we have to cut it off at the root because when you cut it off at the root and you pull it out, it grows no more. Jesus talked about when you cast out seven demons, right? You clean everything up inside. But if you don't replace what those demons occupied with the word of God, those demons come back seven times stronger. Look at that. We have seven nations here that if Israel did not drive them out, they would always be a thorn in their side and come back stronger against them. So going back to Israel, the enemy knew that it could not curse Israel as long as it was under the blessing. However, the enemy knew, here's the temptation, the enemy knew Israel's desire to worship because of the golden calf they had built in the wilderness. And that worship was idolatry because God had just given them the Ten Commandments, right? Verbally given them the Ten Commandments in Exodus 32, right? And one of them was do not build idols. So see, Satan knows the desires of your heart and that's where he tempts you. This is why God gives such, um, such you know, warning to not fellowship or mingle with the seven nations in the land because they represented sin which would separate Israel from God. It's the same way as God calls us to come out from the world because the world represents sin and there's nothing of God that we will find in the world and we can't be lukewarm Christians trying to coexist, live in the world, one foot in the world, one foot in the heaven. It doesn't work that way. One foot in the world, have relationship with the world, but also have relationship with God. Now, I'm not saying you can't have relationship in the sense of friendship and reach out to, to people of the world. That's not what I'm saying. You are not called to live your life like them. That's where God says you are called to be separated. The word of God is sharper than, than any sword and, and separates bone from flesh. So we are called to be separated, right? So light cannot coexist with darkness, neither can righteousness with lawlessness. So when we jump back to, to the verse of Deuteronomy, it says, and the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. See, we've established the nations represent sin. When we come to God through the acceptance of Jesus Christ, there are sinful habits that need to be dealt with. Some of them, the desire is put out quickly. Others, the Spirit of God handles little by little. You know, the little by little is dependent on by how much we surrender. And I just want to say this because, you know, I don't want anyone to think that instant transformation is impossible because, again, all things are possible with God. I like to call the little by little the Lazarus effect. See, 
The Spirit of God comes to live in with your spirit. When Jesus commanded Lazarus to rise from the grave and he came out, he comes out, but he still comes out in his burial clothes. See, we have the Spirit of God. We're alive now. But Jesus told, told people who saw Lazarus come from out of the grave, now unwrap that man from his burial clothes. So what happens is the Spirit of God comes to live in with your spirit, but then your conscience needs to be renewed, right? The continuous lifestyle of repentance needs to take place because there needs to be a changing of mind. See, the weapons of God are not carnal, meaning not fleshly, but of spirit, and they are meant for pulling down strongholds. I want you to envision the burial wrappings, the mummification of Lazarus, and each one of those wrappings are strongholds that are in your life. And as God comes in, the Spirit of God comes in and begins to, to unwrap you because He begins to show you your identity and who you really are and your, and your authority and your victory and your freedom, He begins to unwrap you. Each stronghold by the power of God begins to be torn down because you are becoming free. And the enemy doesn't want you to get this, so he fights to keep Jesus off the throne of your heart because as Jesus rules and reigns on the throne, the throne of your heart, he's a good, good ruler. He's a good, good father. He's going to show you all the good things. The Lord, in, I think it's in Jeremiah, says, Come to me, and I will show you great and mighty things in which you do not know. The enemy does not want you to get who you are because once you understand who you are, then you understand your inheritance and in the kingdom. So, if we continue to practice righteousness and occupy the new freedom God has given, God will continue to deliver us, right? The choice lies with us. Do we desire righteousness or do we desire lawlessness, which is sin? So when God's telling them, I will drive out and I will deliver you, right? It is not a once in a lifetime event. Deliverance is not a once in a lifetime event. Neither is repentance. We must live a life of deliverance and repentance. This is ongoing. Now, now I'm not saying when the Holy Spirit comes in, you aren't delivered. See, you're delivered. You have salvation, right? Um, you know, the old nature we are delivered from. We must let the new nature of God occupy. Old sinful desires must be cut at the root and ripped out, replaced by new planted desires of righteousness. So I'm not saying that you haven't been delivered, but the delivering is continuous because there are things that you might have to overcome. But once you overcome, you're an overcomer. God has given that to you for you to occupy. And how do we occupy? We stay in the Word of God, right? The book of Colossians talks about, and, I, and I'll read it in a second, being rooted in the Word. But 2 Corinthians 1.10 says, Who delivered us from so great a peril? Because prior to Christ and prior to us coming to know Him, we were perishing, right? So great a peril of death and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. That's a promise. That's a promise of God. That's the will of God is to deliver us. That, that's the truth, right? So deliverance in Christ. One, secured fact, free from the penalty of sin, meaning we won't die because the wages of sin is death. We are not going to experience a spiritual death. 
future promise of deliverance is freed at Christ's coming from the, pre, uh, from the presence of sin. See, that, that's what we have to occupy. And the reason why God continues to deliver us and teach us how to overcome things is because sin, like the devil, is always there right? Because the devil is always there to tempt us based on what we've allowed to grow in our heart as a desire to tempt us to trip us up into sin. So the future promise is once Christ comes back, we will no longer be under the temptation of sin. The presence of sin will no longer be there. And then the present process is which I was talking about. We are, be de we are being delivered presently. So you are delivered is a promise of current process and hold fast to by faith. We are to hold fast by that by faith. God through the Holy Spirit is delivering you from sin, which becomes new occupancy for God. This new occupancy, right, will be maintained and grown by setting your desires to know God, building your life on his words. And we find that in Colossians 2, 6, and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So we're to give thanksgiving and have the faith that we are in the word and that guess what? As Deuteronomy said, right? Deuteronomy says in, in 7.23, But the Lord your God will deliver them over to you and will inflict defeat upon them until they are destroyed. So that's the victory that we have, that the things that we struggle with, the Lord is going to deliver you from and give you victory over until they are destroyed. He will continue to tear down strongholds in your life if you just lay your life on the cross, die daily, lay the things that you no longer want and want to be set free from, put them on the altar of God and let him burn them up. Thank God that we have that. That is so powerful. God will deliver you over uh, God will deliver you over from the sins in your life because he because his spiritual DNA is now in you. And again, you read that. You read that in in 1 John, you will see God's DNA is in you, right? You will overcome because he overcame the works of the enemy. He living in you overcame this world already and that's the that's the blessing, that's the faith, that's the victory that we have. You know, his spiritual DNA, you know, his divine nature attributes are living in you. And when you have the spiritual DNA of God living in you, you no longer sin. And some people are going to be like, whoa, Rich, what does it say? Go read my Bible. Go read the Bible because the Bible says it, 1 John 3, 4 through 8. What it means is you no longer have those desires to sin. And if the devil ever comes back to try and tempt you to see if you are still an old creation because he doesn't understand the new creation you become, set your mind on Christ in the seat, right? In heavenly places we are seated. Set your mind on the heavenly place that you are seated and remind the devil who you are. The same way God, the Jesus reminded him in the wilderness who he is. He didn't have to prove that he was the son of God to the devil because God already told him he was the son of God. We don't have to prove that we are saved because God already told us we are saved. Our salvation, right? Our righteousness, you know, I'm going through the armor now. Our foundation, which is the belt founded in Christ, you know, on our feet, 
we put peace because wherever we walk, we carry the good news, right? I have a shield of faith. I have a sword of the word. And all this is true because God tells me I am this. I am a warrior prince. That's who I am. That's who I am, right? We are, we are priesthood, right? We are, a, 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 we are a priestly kingship. That's who we are, but we are warriors in God. So do not be ignorant to the works of the devil. Snuff out sin where it is in your life and desire the spirit of God to change the desires of your heart. And through that, as I might want to say, march forward. Thank you, everybody. I love you. I hope this was a blessing to you. I hope this was encouraging. Go fight and destroy the works of the devil. He doesn't want you to know the power you have because the more people you set free, I mean, the more people you set free, the more who get to know Christ, man. That's the coolest thing is that we get to know the Father, the hope of glory, Christ in me. And I get to manifest Jesus wherever I go. Hey, everybody, again, thank you. March forward. Love you guys. Tell them I'm so free, I got no chains on me.